Hey, fun fictioners. Megan here. Just want to say ahead of this episode real quick that we recorded these pretty far ahead of time. And when we recorded this one, uh, Sean Connery was in fact still among the living. Which is why we, well, don't make any reference to him being dead and do a bunch of voices. Um, just kind of wanted to provide that for context so we don't seem completely ghoulish. Not that we even really say anything bad. We just do the voice a lot. It's, it's, it's not like we're shitting on his memory, making fun of a bad movie. But either way, he was still alive at the time. And on with the episode. Hey, it's me. Famous literary character. <laughs> There's no fun quotes from this film. It's fun fiction. <laughs> You didn't even have a name. Your famous literary character, Sean Connery. Sean Connery! <laughs> you, may, you may remember me from literature. <laughs> I was James Bond. <laughs> My favorite part about this accent is watching you go from multiple accent to accent, visiting them like a bar crawl along the way. I like to stop in and have a drink before moving on to the next one. <laughs> On to the next accent, I see. Hello, it's me, Sean Connery. Fuck you. <laughs> it's it's fun, fun fiction. fiction. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. It's fun fiction. <laughs> What's a famous? Let me look up famous League of Extraordinary Gentlemen quotes. What's up? I'm Dorian Gray. What's up, fuckface? <laughs> I'm Dorian Gray. You want to come fuck this? I'm Dorian Gray. Welcome to the league. <laughs> <laughs> come fuck this, Dorian Gray. It's fun fiction. Nailed it. You can pull some from that. I believe in you. We did enough. <laughs> we did enough. It's supercut. Just a supercut of all of that. Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen. I'm completely and utterly broken. Scotty Moore. It's my fault. I'm Megan Danger. Megan! <laughs> I, I feel like just like a di- disciplinary, just like, no! No, Megan! No League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No! Because the film began, and I remember messaging you saying, hey, is this a bad movie? <laughs> and you just stayed silent. You're like, I'm not going to speak on that. I'm not going to reveal what I know. I believe I sent you the demon emoticon. <laughs> yes! And I just... Why? Why? Well, uh, to paraphrase what I texted you earlier, I have very poor taste, and <laughs> I love to share. This feels like your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, which I know objectively is a bad film, but I can't not love it. I feel like that's where you're coming from with this. Yeah, but I got, like, at least eight 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Oozes. (laughs) (laughs) I got so many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Oozes locked and loaded in the chamber. (laughs) There's so so much ooze. There's all this (laughs) ooze at the danger household. I got so much ooze. With your name on it, Scotty, just waiting for when it's my turn again. (laughs) You know I'm gonna retaliate with like Batman Forever one. Actually, no, because I feel like you will you will double down with Batman and Robin at that point. You act like Batman Forever isn't also on my list, though. (laughs) You're not the only one because I did message uh, co-host on a load of BS, Blake Tanner. Hey, bud, you ever see this flick? And he said. You know when you're a kid and you just kind of want to watch the same movie over and over again? <laughs> yeah, I did that, and I'm fairly sure that's why my parents hate me now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I see. And uh, pre- previous guest, fr- friend of the show, JV, when you went on Twitter to complain about how I was mentally ruining you, JV also did comment that they love this movie too. So you know what? There's a lot of bad taste going around. <laughs> It's not, it's just so fucking buck wild. Like, that's what I, once I realize, I told you this, once I realize a film is bad, I'm good. I'm just there to enjoy the ride. One of, my favorite Universal ride is Fast and the Furious Supercharged. I don't give a fuck. Once I know something's bad, I then just try to see how I can make it beautiful. And boy, <laughs> this film, I, well, it started out as a graphic novel, which the first one seems good. Then it got real crazy, and then Harry Potter became the Antichrist. But, but like, this film was enough for me to go, you know, if this was, like, an HBO series where they gave them time to explain shit. Well, then, then it would all unravel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time, time to explain what's happening in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen would only make things worse. <laughs> Well, it's just there were so many moments of the film where much like you're if you're on a roller coaster, you got no choice. You have to go with it. I was just like, why the fuck are they doing? I, I guess I'm just going to like when they land and I think it was Venice and they're like, the only way to stop this is by firing a missile at a building. We got we got to blow the building. It's the only way. I mean, I guess should we try to? Ex- I don't know those things. Do we do we explain the plot of two thousand three's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I think we've got to because like certain things like Blues Clues, everyone collectively knows, so we can just kind of chat. I I had no idea what the fuck this film. It wasn't until last night when I looked it up and read that it involved like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and um Dorian Gray that I said, "Oh, this is fan fiction is what we're watching." Cuz that is what this is. This is fucking fan yes, fiction. That's, I mean, that's the other thing. Cuz I want to say that's why I picked it, but I mean, I picked it because I'm trash. Because it's trash, I'm trash. <laughs> But there is also the yeah. element of, like, it's fan fiction. This is a fan fiction show. Yeah. And, you know, I can pretend that that's why I picked it, that there is, you know, meta, yay, and not just because, haha, I make Scotty watch the bad film. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it, I guess. So, you, you fuck, sound, um, don't sound so excited. I tried taking notes. But at some point, my phone died from how much I was just going hard in the paint. But my first note 
came a second into the film when the 20th Century Fox logo is just on top of a building in this real world that they're creating for us? Yeah, wait, here. Oh, God, I have to scroll up. Oh, my God, I have to scroll up so far. Oh, my God, I have to scroll up so far. Oh, are you looking at our at my <laughs> other form of note-taking, which was shit-talking to you? So, like, how high do I need to be to enjoy this flick? Because the 20th Century Fox logo is just on top of a fucking building. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, you can go through the plot in Wikipedia, and I will go through the plot in my notes. Oh, shit, I'm now trying to scroll up as well in my computer's correctly. <laughs> So I, what I, I want people to keep in mind for context that I was 13 and yeah. that this, this trash pile is intoxicating to a 13-year-old whose brain is underdeveloped and bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually now on the, uh, the goofs page on IMDb oh, while so you do this. much. <laughs> it is inappropriately long. It Acres is so long. long because there's so much shit that doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. So film opens in, um, and then some Nazis attack. So, uh, 1899. So they're, they're proto-Nazis, I guess. Yeah. There's a terrorist group, the pro proto-Nazis, led by a mysterious masked man known as the Phantom, which is spelled with an F. That's very important. <laughs> it's <laughs> Phantom with an F. He wears, like, a big old fur coat, I guess. And a stone-cold Batman mask. Like, it's got <laughs> the Batman bits shaved down, but it's a Batman mask, except it's winking. So one eye's gone, and the other one's bulging out, so he's like Mad-Eye Batman. And he's covered in hideous scars. <laughs> he looks real dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's probably my least favorite character design in a film that was full of bad character design. Yeah, it's bad. They steal Leonardo da Vinci's blueprints of the foundations of the city of Venice, and they kidnap a bunch of German scientists, and they they're 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 doing a bunch of um confusing shit to make all the nations at, of the world mad at each other to yeah. get all of the tensions of the world that get all the, the the world's hackles up i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm doing a quick little google ski right here is the phantom not in the comic no. i mean like who the phantom is is in yeah. the comic but like really <laughs> cuz it's a design so dumb that I'm like, this had to have been... Because, like, you know when they adapt Stephen King novels and they just don't know what to do with the villain? That's what I felt. I was like, oh, there's just no way they could have adapted this guy properly, so they just did their best and this is what happened. No, this is a fucking film original character. Yeah, nah. They, they made him up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just so that in their commercials, which... They were trying to ride the high of comic book movies. Yes. Which is not how you should have done this. But yeah, I guess the Phantom is what they put in so it seemed like they had a real super villain. And by like ride the high of comic book movies, it was only just starting. Like yeah. bare barely. Like you had <laughs> Spider-Man, you had X-Men, and those were your two big things. But then they yep. 
They were like, what's the next one? The league, baby. <laughs> league time, baby. You didn't you didn't even have Batman yet. This should have been advertised to fucking nerds. Nerds would have ate this shit up, but instead they tried to make it into a real ass comic book film, and I think that was their error. They made many, but yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, what do we do? Okay, um, let's get a, a team of dudes t- to deal with this. Why? I don't know. Because. Because that's yeah. what they did in the comic, I guess. And that's what we're doing in this movie. That's the movie's logic. That That's that's why we're doing this. So they, they rescue Sean Connery from Africa, which felt really appropriating and weird to me. So, because what it is, is in the comic, Quartermain is just languishing in a hole he's addicted to like opium like he's just a real fuck up of a dude and like they they so they're literally just like look come with us because clearly you're just killing yourself because you suck but they they didn't want to have like a well this was also your this was their star their star was sean connery so they said okay we've got to we, we gotta, gotta make him look. Guy. We gotta make him look cool and tough. So he's sad about his dead son, and he shoots a gun real good, and he's Sean Connery, and, and he fights an army of cowboys with submachine guns in yes. 1890. And he goes Rupert Rupertania, while being <laughs> the most Scottish I've ever seen him be. Like I know he is a proud Scot, but oh my god, he was. I thought he was about to call out to Huey, Dewey, and Louie, need to bring my nephews with me. <laughs> he only has one setting. Like, he, he never tones it down. I don't know, you watch Highlander lately? Oh, yeah. My name is Ramirez. I'm Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude doesn't try. <laughs> I'm so Egyptian. Huey, Dewey, come on, we're gonna join the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And yeah, they're like, he's like, I I don't take sides, I don't like politics, I just like living in Africa with these simple village people. This isn't racist, everything's fine. And they're like, war is coming to Africa. (laughs) War is here in Africa. When you texted me that, I'm like, yeah, that happens. And so he's just like, I'm going to look at my dead son's grave. Okay, I'll come. I hear the drums <laughs> echoing tonight. But she hears the only whispers conversation. Connery blesses the rage down in Africa. <laughs> okay, so. So that's happened. And so he goes to London and he meets M, who's just this guy, you know. He's just a dude. There's no big twist involving M. There's not two separate twists involving this one character. He's just a guy named M. Don't worry about it. I will say I'm real happy I already knew because I read the spoiler the night before because if I didn't know, I would have gotten so fucking mad. I was just like, you motherfucker, damn it. M- M's like, hey, Phantom's gonna bring a world war. He's gonna make World War One happen. They're bringing all the world leaders to Venice. Well, he didn't call it World War One. He's calling like it World time. War One. <laughs> Shut up. 
You tell He's me like... there's gonna be more than one of them? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Shit! Son of a bitch! And, uh... He's like, look, there's always been this thing called the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where we get a bunch of gentlemen together, and they go do extraordinary shit. I swear I'm not making this up. It's not the dumbest name ever. Fuck you. And I also would have loved if as he was like, it's a League of Gentlemen, Mean Harker walks in. Fuck! And one lady. You're supposed to be Jonathan, but but that's actually true. Uh, they they'd solicited Jonathan Harker, but he's dead, and so Mina's there because there's gotta be a token girl, and uh, Mina has vampire powers, and also she's really pretty. Yeah, and in addition, her her, her hair her hair is nice. <laughs> we have Captain Nemo. And uh, the Invisible Man, a.k.a. Rodney Skinner. He's not the Invisible Man from, like, the actual uh, yeah. H.G. Wells story because they couldn't get... Wait, no, was it H... No, not H.G. Wells. Um, yeah, it is. It is H.G. Okay. They couldn't get the rights to that. Yeah, That's so they why had to change it from Griffin to Skinner. So um, he's just some asshole who stole the formula yeah. for invisibility. And he sucks a lot, and he's just really horny. I I, I kind of like that. That's a real, like, Ant-Man situation. I know earlier we were trying to figure out who all of them are, if this is the literary nerd Avengers, and I guess he's Ant-Man, because he's just a thief who stole the good goods from the actual guy. Yeah, but unlike Paul Rudd, who's wonderful, <laughs> he just sucks. He's horny. What do you mean I suck? (laughs) I get to hang around and talk like this while rubbing fucking white, white liquid in my face. (laughs) My junk's touched everything in this room. I gotta be nude all the time. I got to put my invisible dick on Sean Connery's shoulder, I did, I did. (laughs) My nutsack's on everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Captain Nemo is there. And if you if you listen to our Oh No Lit class on our episode uh, on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, you'll know that this fucking dumpster fire of a movie yeah. is this and um, the dumpster fire of a TV show, Once Upon a Time, are like the only fucking visual, I think, properties that correctly uh, portray Captain Nemo as not is either not a a white dude or b a white dude in brown face. <laughs> God, that second one's rough. That yeah, second one's real rough. Yep, it's pretty fucked up. For some reason, for some unapparent reason, they have to get two more boys to join their cool boys squad. <laughs> Gotta have more boys for the boys team. We get the best line in the film. Which is they're all getting into, like, a-, a car. Remember, this is 1890. A fucking caddy just pulls up. Like, a top-down caddy pulls up. He calls it an automobile. <laughs> I'd love if Connery is like, that's your fucking car. <laughs> Let's go. That's a, that's a sweet fucking caddy is what that is. That's a sick whip you got there, Nemo. <laughs> and as they're getting into the car... There is a, I guess, the driver. 
who is barely ever comes back in the film, and they're just like, is that your driver? And he goes, call me Ishmael. And so audibly upset. screamed. Scotty texts me, all caps, no shame. This movie has no <laughs> shame. Because there were so many, like, random lines where they just decide to reference other media. Like, at one point, someone was like, oh, that was a quick trip in from Africa. And then all of a sudden, Sean Connery, who I will just refer to as Sean Connery, just goes like... It's because it's it's he is. He's not playing any fucking character. He's Sean Connery. <laughs> just goes, you think that was a fast trip? Phileas Fogg around the world in 80 days? And then just walks in. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're just referencing nothing now. That's it. This movie's just a fucking hit parade of that shit. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the very next scene, they reference Jack the Ripper, but then we do get to someone who I'd like to ripper my Jack, and that is... <laughs> that is Dorian. Wow. Dorian, the fucking only saving grace of this film, Grey, a.k.a. the I-we-couldn't-get-Johnny-Depp-who-can-we-get-instead character. We got, we got Stuart, what's his face? Stuart Townsend? Yeah, we got Stuart Townsend. Man, he is not attractive outside <laughs> of this. Oh, man, he got replaced by Viggo Mortensen the day before principal photography began on The Lord of the Rings. And he just Ooh. said, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna go make an even better film. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh my god, he was gonna play Fandral in Thor, but then got replaced again. This cat cannot, just can't get a good thing going, can he? Life's rough for Stuart Townsend. Oh, I told you, he, he was Lestat in, in Queen of the Damned. He's got that going for him. <laughs> he got to be baby Tom Cruise. Oh, and then after he got taken off Thor, I guess he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Eon Flux, baby. Let's go. I'm going to do the best I can. Oh, that was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Woof. So they meet him, and uh, at that point, like, I knew he was an immortal character, but then he has to basically explain to everybody why. He's like, I have a painting. I don't know. <laughs> He's just like, look, I'm really hot. <laughs> what more do you need? Look at these fucking curls. Look at these lashes. Look at my fucking Lego figure hair. <laughs> I just clip this shit on at night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, more more ninjas attack, I guess. More yeah. Nazis show up in Nazis, the Phantom. Nazis, ninjas, whatever the fuck. Dorian, Dorian pulls out a sword. Oh, that was that was this film's Kate McKinnon pulling out two guns at the end of Ghostbusters. It wasn't as grandiose, but it was a short enough scene for me to be like, "Oh, oh, Mister Gray, I do declare." And during the scene, they are saved by. I can't believe these words are out to leave my mouth. U.S. Secret Service agent Tom Sawyer. Which I didn't know. I, I never caught his name. You went the whole movie without knowing he's Tom Sawyer. Because I didn't realize he basically only says it the once. And so I was just, I didn't realize. I, I called him the, um, the terrible American because that's who he is. 
because he just didn't fit in the film, and apparently that's because he wasn't supposed to be in it nope. until Fox was like, hey. How will this film connect with American audiences? <laughs> Monday's what you mean me, Saturday's not what you mean me, We're not even halfway through the film, and I'm lightheaded talking about it. Is baby Shane West fresh, fresh off doing his walk to remember with the uh, was it Mandy Mandy Moore? I think it was Mandy Moore when she oh, had shit. the cancer. I may have just spoiled for myself uh, why you want me to watch Gotham, but holy shit, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh damn, he got hot. Yeah. Okay. Because now he's in, in. Now he's entered the dad phase of his career in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Because in this one, he's got that, like, youthful Leo DiCaprio look, and I just can't get behind that. Again, I was 13. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, I understand that, but I'm saying, like, now, I can't. So then, um, they, Dorian's like, I'm on the team, I don't know, fuck it. I'm full of, like, libertine advice, let's do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the Hulk shows up. Fuck, wait, before we go on, you said the- Funniest fucking thing about Tom Sawyer when you were watching it. Oh, it's is it the fact that he does look like a ten year old boy? The, the you said like he doesn't look like he's from the Secret Service. He's from like the team of like special boys. Oh yeah, something. no, no, it was I'm in the Secret Service. Let me join the week of special boys. Come on, let me in. Because that's and basically what it is. He is, he looks like a small child. He's like, let me into a secret club. <laughs> and then from within the ocean emerges the star of this film, <laughs> which is the largest fucking boat I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's shaped like a sword. It's the Nautilus. It's Captain Nemo's special sword boat. Yes. It's, it's real big. And it's because... This, the set designers were very lazy, and when they wanted to just shoot people in, in big rooms <laughs> without wanting to explain why they were in big fucking rooms when they were supposed to be on a boat. There could have been a part where they were in a fucking rainforest cafe, and I would have said, <laughs> you know what, that's probably on the boat. There could be bowling alleys. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much shit in this boat. <laughs> so then Sean Connery adopts young Tom Sawyer as his ward. Because he's got a dead son. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Dad hears you a new boy. <laughs> you're, you're a new son now. These are the rules. <laughs> I really want a film where like they try that trope and the guy's like, it's not a puppy. <laughs> Just like give me a new boy. Fuck this. <laughs> Shoot, shoot skeet with me, boy. <laughs> shoot the skeet. No, now it's Tim Curry. Uh, but they're rushing through the streets in, the, in their fucking Cadillac DeVille, chasing after the most horrifying thing in this film, which is Mr. Hyde, <laughs> who just looks like he, he skips leg day because he's just got like normal people legs and then just hulk up upper body. Big fucking top-heavy motherfucker with little baby legs. <laughs> oh, poor Jason Fleming. Yeah, he he got the worst of it. He did, and he's in he's in like fairly decent movies. Oh fuck, he's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. The yeah, boy does. In, 
he's in a bunch of Guy Ritchie movies. He's like one of the Guy Ritchie go-tos. Meanwhile, Sean Connery followed this up with Sir Billy, a story of an old skateboarding veterinarian who goes above and beyond the call of responsibility, fighting, poli- <laughs> fighting the police. Sir Billy says, "A cab." <laughs> And a war to to save an illegal fugitive, Bessie Boo the Beaver. This is what Sean Connery's gonna retire on. He's retiring on this. Hey, Cab, I gotta shave this beaver. (laughs) Hey, Cab, all cops are beavers. Oh, the reviews are... We we may just do a Sir Billy episode because it looks buck wild. Oh, jeez. So... After that, um, they capture Hyde, and they put him on the boat, and that's when I started to get real bad flashbacks of the Avengers, like when they put Hulk in the, um, fucking Skybird, or whatever they call it. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, he's gonna escape and, like, fight people. No, the film is not that exciting. No, he just turns back into Jekyll, or Jekyll, if you were doing it fucking properly, and it's, it's fucked up. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. how fucking fucked up. Uh, that transformation sequences. It's really, really bad. So they're basically like, hey, you fucked up some people, but we'll offer you amnesty if you join us. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he gets cut. He's, he's a really sad, yeah. He's a, he's kind of an incel. He's really the worst, dude. <laughs> In a film that has legitimate, like, bad guy heel turns, like, he's still the worst. Yeah. He's a horrible little incel, and he does get cooked. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sentence I said. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's a fucking cuck. <laughs> so they do some skeet shooting off the sides so Sean Connor can teach the boy how to shoot a gun, a lesson that he doesn't take. Like, it's not until the very last moment of the film that he's like, actually, I do know how to shoot a gun now. Tom Sawyer, me, me, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I work in the Secret Service, but I never learned how to shoot a gun. You know what? Actually, that tracks. He's got a super cool America. gun in the beginning, too. You'd think that the American government <laughs> would be like, here's one of our most top secret guns. We need to enlist it to our best crack shot. Meanwhile, he's like, I got gun! Pow, pow, pow! Maybe that's why they gave him the good gun, is they're like, we gotta give this guy a one-up somewhere. <laughs> he's not hitting shit. We, got, we gotta give him something. This gun is specially designed to hit the exact target you're aiming at, no matter what. All you have to do is think about what you're wanting to shoot, and it will put a bullet through its heart. And he's still like, I can't hit anything. You are doing such a terrible fucking job of protecting the president. We are sending you to fucking England. Yeah. So then Dorian Gray fucks, then they go to... They go to Venice. Yeah, Dor- Dorian Gray and Mina are fucking. Yeah. And Mina does a Mina does a, a Sean Connery voice. Oh, that's right. That was actually very cute. Yes. But the big boat, the big fuck off <laughs> sword boat, it goes through <laughs> the canals of Venice. <laughs> How? <laughs> the boat's so big. No. See, what's great about this show for me is this is shit that I've been laughing at for more than 15 years. And now I get to laugh at it all over again as if for the first time. (laughs) 
so then uh, on the boat, they're like, oh no, we may have a mole because one of Hyde's like potions is gone. There's flash powder residue in like the captain's chambers. Basically, it's setting up like, oh, someone's a bad guy. And then everyone's like, you know what? It's probably the Invisible Man, who is the worst character, because you never know if he's in a fucking scene or not. Because I would have loved if they were like, I bet it was him. He hasn't been around all day. (laughs) Then from behind him, I've been here the whole time. I've been here. I watched Dorian fuck her, like, for an hour. (laughs) I've been standing here the whole time. My dick's been three inches away from your nose. (laughs) They, uh, they get into Venice, then, oh no, the bombs detonate, and the city begins to collapse. And I love Wikipedia, because they're much kinder, because they say, Sawyer uses the automobile to stop the destruction. (laughs) Nah, they still go blow up a building. They still go blow up a fucking building. (laughs) They do. They do fuck that up real good, huh? Like, I I understand the point because essentially it's a giant Jenga game at the not Jenga domino game at this point. They're trying to stop it from collapsing the whole structure. Yeah, they're like, maybe we should just try to not break Venice. But the film did not explain it well. The film basically was like, we gotta blow up a building. You don't understand, Marty. Marty, we gotta blow up a building. Marty, we've got to blow up this building. Yeah. So uh, then Quatermain. That's heavy, Sean. Quatermain, Sean Connery. He uh, goes after the phantom who's there. And then what is the dumbest moment of this film? I can't remember, does he punch off the mask, or does the mask just fall off? He ain't got no mask no more, is the point. And he uh. turns around, <laughs> and, it, oh no, it's M. What? M's the Phantom? He's been using very well-done stippled makeup to make him <laughs> look all gross and scarred. That seems like a lot of effort for... Not Nothing. much of a point when he could have just worn a, a big mask. Yeah. And so then uh, Dorian reveals that, oh, no, I is the one who is bad guy. Not horny, invisible man. Yeah, I was bad guy all along. Horny, visible man. I am horny, <laughs> visible man. He has my painting, so I must work for him. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and it was great because everyone's like, well, wait. Why'd he make a team? <laughs> Just good logic. Why did he make a team? How is it last week when we had three people talking about a movie we all adore? This week is the one we're actually going to go way too long on. Um, I know. So then I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Why is this going on? But luckily they left a phonograph behind where he's just like, sup, I'm a bad guy. I'm sure you're wondering why you're on the team. It's because I wanted your blood and your potions and your invisibility ability. Your your skin. I wanted your foreskin. I want your foreskin. And I don't know. I love how they just had to come up with something for Captain Nemo. They were like, Fuck it, I guess his technology, sure. I wanted your cool boat. <laughs> I want your cool-ass boat. And, and the only reason he got Quatermain 
Sean Connery was because he was like, I knew that he would be able to get get the ding dang hide so I could get his potions. <laughs> Only your crusty old ass would be able to capture <laughs> this fucking top heavy incel man. Yes, so his plan has been wanting to create a massive army with big, big boat, invisible spies, vampire assassins, and big old hide soldiers igniting a world war. I'll be honest, his plan, even when explained on Wikipedia, still does not make sense to me. Not even a little bit. (laughs) It does not make sense. At all to me. The second you put it under scrutiny, it fucking falls apart. And then he's like, and you guess what? If you thought that wasn't enough, this whole time this record has been playing a supersonic sound. And the whole time Hyde's like freaking out, like looking in the mirror like, hey, you gotta make this stop, make it stop. So I was thinking it was something that would make Hyde come out and a- attack everybody. So then oh, I would Oh, yeah, have... whenever Jekyll looks in a mirror, his reflection's Mr. Hyde, who talks to him. And also, Mr. Hyde can talk, and he's just like, hey, um... <laughs> hey. So I was sitting there like, oh, okay, Hyde's going to attack them because of this supersonic sound that's going to irritate him and to the point of pure fury. No. Nope. Nope said, hey, bud, if you thought that was the dumbest shit that we could do, just wait. Because they have bombs on the boat that can only be set off by a supersonic frequency that could shatter glass. And I'm like, no, that's not how bombs work. And I'll be honest, uh, bomb did not do much to this ship. Like, bomb blew a small hole in the bottom that Hyde was just like, I'm not gonna be a problematic, uh, like, double double identity character. I'm just gonna save the boat. Do, do, do. <laughs> like, how and then did Mina the... will kiss me. Like, then how did the dumb MCU silly Hulk have a better, like, uh, approach to this, like, uh, scientist and evil monster living within him than this does, which is on the real source material? Because they were like, we got plot to get to. <laughs> so um, then fucking, I don't know what this boat is, but the boat is like a buzzsaw that yeets itself through the water and sexy boy escapes on it. Then Skinner, who's been gone, or so he's fucking invisible. Like, <laughs> you gotta give me more Skinner film. <laughs> Skinner's like, hey, what's up? I'm on his boat now. And he's going this way. (laughs) Who knows? I'm nude. I could be anywhere. My dick is straight up on his shoulder. (laughs) And then they go to the Arctic. They go to Mon fucking Golia. And and fight happens. Sean Connery sees a tiger. I forgot about that. We can't. (laughs) We've already gone so long. We can't talk about this buck wild tiger moment. Where I'm like, oh, maybe his son is a tiger now? (laughs) No, it's just a random scene where Sean Connery looks at a tiger, and then they come out, and he's just like, maybe this old tiger isn't ready to die yet. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It was not yet this tiger's time to die, and Captain Nemo's like, neat. Then Skinner returns, pinches Nina on the butt, which honestly is probably the 
the most tame thing he could have been possibly doing at the time. You know he's been jacking it for like 80% <laughs> of the movie. They do a big fight because M has all his super soldiers. Yeah, Mina kills Dorian by being like, sup, selfie, and he's like, ah, no! Yeah, she, she shows him the painting, he dies. He does get to be like, because he's so hot that the lines they give him to make him seem like a sex pest <laughs> don't come off creepy. They just come off as like, all right. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, oh, I always hoped I'd get to nail you one last time. Yeah, as he like shoves a <laughs> nail through. This film has so many one-liners, it's just none of them are good. <laughs> that you could tell they were trying to get like the quippy superhero thing going. They just couldn't because it's an Alan Moore comic. Yeah. So uh, then fucking Hyde has to fight a bigger Hyde. And I like he the guy drinks the potion, but he drinks a lot of it. And Hyde's like, no, you don't want to do that. So I thought. Oh, he's going to turn into, like, a big pile of goop and kill himself. No, nah, just turns into a big boy! It's like, uh, what the fuck? It's like Akira. Oh, fuck. That would have been even better if he just kept expanding and they had to try to outrun him. Yeah. I mean, it's already pretty gross. He gets all purple and shit. It's real bad. It's like, like I said, Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum. Like, it's really, really rough. Um, Skinner sets off some explosives, and then his skin gets burnt off, and then Sean Connery confronts M, identifying him as James Moriarty! What?! One final twist. Oh my god! Which is ultimately meaningless. <laughs> it really, and like, there's nothing hinting at Sean Connery knowing this in the plot. He's just like, I knew it was you, Moriarty! When did you learn? <laughs> Moriarty! And he's just like, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, Moriarty, Moriarty died at the Reichenbach Falls, and then I was reborn. New Moriarty. <laughs> cool Moriarty with guns. There's no, like, Sherlock Holmes. There's no nothing. It's just like, you're Moriarty! I guess. <laughs> I've, I need to apologize for overreacting to one thing, because the Wikipedia page has helped me explain this. Because Moriarty looks at Sean Connery and is just like, Your boy sucks! You trained him and you, you didn't help out your son, and it's not gonna help him out either. And then Sean Connery just turns, like he sees uh, Tom Sawyer in his glasses. He turns and shoots at him. And I was like, why? Why are you <laughs> shooting at the boy? And uh, then he gets stabbed by Moriarty. And it, it is a very bug wild moment where Sean Connery tries to kill the young child. But <laughs> Wik Wikipedia has corrected me because they're like, oh, he's actually held hostage by an invisible uh, agent of Moriarty. And I'm like, you know, probably could have done a better job of making making us understand that film because <laughs> I definitely did not key up on that one at all. Anyways, he gets stabbed. Then finally, Tom Sawyer shoots a gun cool and kills Moriarty. Jake, your time with it. <laughs> I know I'm sitting here like, okay, I understand you were trying to train him earlier, but Sean Connery... Y'all ain't got much time. I Jake, love that. Your time. <laughs> the helicopter it. starts to fly away. 
No, no, take your time. No, I really think I should at least try for the shot. Take your time, boy. <laughs> he's getting on a bus. He's, he's taking that bus to the train station. He's getting on the train. Take your take time, your time, time boy. <laughs> He's flying above us in a jet plane. Take time, boy. So they did it. They killed Moriarty. Then Sean Connery gets buried in Kenya beside his son. And if you think this film was done giving you fuck wild shit, it is absolutely not. Because we you get the generic everyone being like, I think we need to continue this. And it goes away. And then bunch of fucking witch doctors just yep. start chanting. No, it's, no, no, no. It's just one. No, there were two. There was were at there least two? two. I thought well, there one... was just one one lonely witch doctor. <laughs> so, uh, fucking Tom Sawyer puts a gun on the grave, which I'm like, that's not, that's not cool. And then the chanting begins as they walk away, and then the earth begins to shake, and we just get a close-up on the grave and the gun shaking, and credits. <laughs> Nothing. You know a hand gonna be popping out that shit. I was waiting. I was fucking waiting for Sean Connery's hand to pop out and grab that gun. Because, like, the whole line he's been saying is, like, Africa will never let me die. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's weird. This one's like the Avengers. The next one was gonna be, like, Justice League, where Sean Connery would have been the Superman coming back from the dead. (laughs) Pet Shabachari. (laughs) Pet But I retired after this film because it was my magnum opus. Don't need to make any more. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm fucking done. So, fuck, we did it. <laughs> we, we, we talked about the movie. How are we going to make this worth it? How are we going to make sure it better? Did. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. Can you really improve upon perfection? I mean, how can you write a, a, a line better than, call me Ishmael? I mean, they were like, we can't write a line better than that. <laughs> so we're just going to take it. So I do have, for posterity, as, as best as I could remember it, I think this is correct. Actually, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure about all of it except the last one. I do have my list uh, from, because <laughs> here's the thing. The the actual fan fiction itself is lost to to time and the internet. It's yeah. it's gone forever. But I absolutely did write uh fan fiction for this when I was I think I would have been like fourteen, I guess. Because it was definitely when it was like out on like DVD at that point. Yeah. But it wasn't like for this movie because <laughs> no. Uh but what everybody was doing on the old fanfiction.net at the time was writing their own little AUs, which was, okay, but here's here's my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Here's here's my fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do have, for, for posterity, 14-year-old Megan's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that I just wanted to share with you. Oh, no. Okay. And that is Batman, obviously. Okay. Uh, if you say Superman, you will have stolen someone's idea. No. <laughs> Green Lantern. I know, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, no, The Bride from Kill Bill. You were, you were how old? I was 14. <laughs> okay. Kill Bill came out the same year as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
It's also R-rated, dude. Yeah, and no one was monitoring my viewing habits. I was, I was, I was wearing <laughs> Christian parody T-shirts and listening to like Christian metal at that age. So you need to understand where I'm coming from. That's adorable. My my parents never monitored what whatever the fuck I got into, which I guess would probably explain me. Being that why that, that just adult. explains you as a person. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the bride from Kill Bill. Batman, and I do remember that they were like co co captains of the team, not in any sort of romantic sense, but just that was team mom and dad. <laughs> I love this because in my mind, this does infer uh, if it's a captain of a team that whoever the villain is equally kind of just stood out, and like they were picking basketball teams for just like you. Okay, now you. <laughs> exactly. Poor Flash always picked last for the teams. <laughs> And then uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then... Uh, I, I'm getting a real vivid picture of 14-year-old <laughs> Megan in my head, and she would have beat me up. Uh, Indiana Jones. Yep. And um, I remember justifying that, like, yeah, he's real old, but, like, it's fine. He's got, like, some magic relic or some shit. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's good. He's great. He's just, like, magic grandpa. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man. Magic Grandpa! Magic fucking Grandpa <laughs> Indiana Jones! Because I, I remember, this This was, I, I definitely, uh, the, I paired off Buffy and, and Peter Parker. That was gonna be a romantic pairing. Because I don't yeah. think I ever finished this. And then, uh, Danny Ocean from Ocean's Eleven, because I'm like, <laughs> you gotta have the thief! And this was the only movie that I think I was able to think of off the top of my head that I had seen recently where I'm like, what's got a thief in it? <laughs> that is the most buck wild turn. That is the most insane turn. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? See, I remember it very specifically because it was like completely out of left fucking field because I was like, okay, but they need a guy who like, can steal shit because there was a dude in the movie who stole shit what movies do i know about a guy who steals shit the one where they steal shit from the casino <laughs> that had only come out like a couple years ago <laughs> so good and that that was that was my team what was the like what 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 was the story do you remember um the story was definitely some weird magic because Indiana Jones was like the one who was collecting them. Yeah. Because he knew about old weird magic things that were happening. So I know that it was definitely, it was evil Nazi based. The Joker was was involved in some way. Oh, okay, so the Nazis picked him for the team first. Oh yeah, of course. Joker, you're first. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and vampires. And I think that was kind of, that. that's as much as I can remember because... Um, and this this will kind of also tell you everything you need to know about me as both an adult and a writer. I was way more interested in inter interleague character interactions than them going and fighting evil things. Yeah, that tracks. That that absolutely <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I was like, nah, but like, how would that, how would they get along as a team though? Yeah, who would annoy each other the most? That was my thing coming out of this. Is like there was some surprisingly very little inter-team fighting like you'd expect a lot of like butting of heads but like not really no 
Also, I this is the greatest fucking line. After Sean Connery declined the roles of the architect in The Matrix and Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, which would have reportedly earned him $450 million, he appeared to appear in this film as Quatermain, despite not understanding the script. Which is why he turned down those first two movies. He turned down the being the architect of the Matrix because he said he didn't understand what the fuck the role was. And I think he turned down Gandalf. I don't think it was because he didn't get Lord of the Rings, but because he didn't want to be fucking around in, like, New Zealand or something. That was too much hassle. That's the exact opposite of me. I'd go fuck around in New Zealand for anything. They could be like, hey, you're going to go get hired to work in shit in sweaty weather for 50 hours a day. Yes, yeah, still, I'm going to be in New Zealand. Let's fucking go. I like your, like, t this team draft, so I'm, I'm going to draft a team. Because okay, um, I, I had my updated one. <laughs> okay, you want to go first? We can oh, go, yeah, like, yeah. We'll, we'll go we'll go one at the time. We'll both draft. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, you, I was, that was, yeah, that was just my, that was my baby league. <laughs> so you can, you can go first. I'm going to take Agent Luke Hobbs from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> That's very good. That's that's a first round draft pick right there. That's that's very excellent. I like that a lot. Um, well, I mean, I would take Holtzman. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's I'm gonna take Hercules for my next one. Hercules. Hercules, famed warrior, famed son of a god, Hercules. Oh, okay. So we're we're not confining ourselves to like. Any any sort of parameters within time and space? Yeah, I've got like a I've got a Hercules in mind, but like yeah, Hercules. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I had a through line with this list. <laughs> okay, keep going. You you got this. I've got a bit of a through line with mine as well. <laughs> it's your turn. I draft Hercules. Who you got? <laughs> well, I want you to do yours all at once now, because I had a gag. I want you to give me the opportunity to be a shithead. I'm kind of waiting for you to also give me the same respect as my next draft pick is the Tooth Fairy, followed by uh, Smolder Bravestone, then uh, famed Hawaiian god Maui. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's throw Black Adam in from the DC. Well, I don't know if he'll be able to make it until like 2022. Uh, gotcha. Um, I would like to. <laughs> I'd like to take. Bob Stone? <laughs> really? <laughs> Man, The Rock either has really cool names for his characters, like Smolder Bravestone and, like, Luke Hobbs, or he has fucking, like, Paul Doyle. That's not anything. <laughs> Hank. He's just called Hank in this one. I don't even know what that's a reference to. He's Hank. It's just Hank. In Journey to Mysterious Island, he's Hank! Oh, fuck, I forgot the most important one. The Scorpion King. Scotty, How come did on. I forget that one? I, that was one Fucking of my first come on, rounders. Come on. Okay, see, but that does work like that. That still works really good as a gag when you do them all in a row. Mitch Buchanan? <laughs> what have they done to The Rock? They just be naming anyone anything these days. They <laughs> just be. Davis Okoye. Okay, that one's not bad. I like Davis Okoye. That's, yeah, that's, that's not bad. Is okay. that from is that from Rampage? That's Rampage. Is that yeah. good? I want to see it real bad. No, it is heinously bad. <laughs> uh, absolutely watch it. Okay. All right, go on. Do it. So, yeah, Holtzman. 
Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I was thinking like, okay, well, I definitely want a more more lady balanced. Can I take also... Can I take guesses at your theme as you move on? Sure, you did guesses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also more, you know, anti-hero. Cause, okay. You know, that was kind of the thing is, you know, they're they're anti-heroes. They're not really superheroes. So, you know, I was also thinking, you know, it wouldn't be Batman. It would be more like, you know, what we were talking about last week. Harley Quinn. Okay. And, um, I don't know. Let's, let's throw a really weird wild card in there. Maybe Miss Piggy. Okay, so you're just, you're going off of old fun fiction episodes. <laughs> maybe, what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe, who's a, who's a, who's a real anti-hero? Maybe Ebony Darkness <laughs> to Dimension Ravenwood. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the ultimate, uh, ultimate anti-hero? Fucking the Rumble, the fattest motherfucker. motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> no, take it down, the bucky plane. Actually, no, no, no. He would be the villain. He would be the villain that this group is going against. He'd be the Phantom. Darius <laughs> <laughs> Cross the Third, the Phantom. Oh God, Steve though. With, Steve uh, is with, Steve, Steve is a true blue. anti-hero. Yeah, Steve with Blue the dog. Oh yeah, Blue would be like the fun, like the fun loving. Or no, Blue would be the murderer. <laughs> blue would be the so-called murderer. <laughs> They'd be on the team. I didn't take anybody from it. I was like, mm, mm, no. Ding dang Pennywise <laughs> is on the team. <laughs> All right. Well, my I actually did unfortunately do a fanfic, and I did also form my <laughs> own super group. That isn't nothing but Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, no, I I totally just did a troll team because this is where we stand now. That's a, that's our role. You you write an extremely honest, sincere story, and you shit post. Yep. Well, mine. Um, I'm gonna try to get through it quickly because I think the concept of talking about it is going to be better after the fact. So. This is before, I, I actually wrote this before I watched League, but it is in, like, old-school Victorian-era England. And the opening of the film is in Parliament, and there's a young housekeeper who's cleaning shit up, making sure things ready for the meetings, and during it, we get, like, a POV shot of, like, it's a horror movie, so it starts with, like, the monster being like, <laughs> you know how monsters sound, and... <laughs> He goes, and then, of course, right before the opening credits, we get the fucking Ghostbusters ah! opening close up on her face right as she gets eaten by the monster. And once we get back from the opening credits, we get an earlier that night moment where we see our main character. He's just a little scruffy boy. He breaks into a house with a grappling hook. His name is not Tom Sawyer. He gets caught by the house owners, rushes out with jewelry, and it's a fun opening. Like, it's it's not to show him as, like, a shitty thief. It's to show him as just like, okay, he's made some mistakes. He's poor. He's a street rat. He's got some talent and evasion, a little bit of skill with a sword, and he rushes away from the police. And eventually, though, the police have to run away because they hear the scream coming from Parliament of the woman being eaten. But before the hero can escape, he gets caught by one last officer. They take him in, put him in old-timey jail. You know, the old jail. <laughs> Uh, in the jail cell, he explains that he grew up as a street rat with no parents, dreaming about the day that he could one day live like royalty when one of the jailers approach and tell him that his father bailed him out. British Aladdin? Hold on, don't get ahead of me now. He uh, He's confused because he just explained, like, I don't have parents, I don't have a dad, but he goes along with it because he's clever. 
And he approaches the gates of the jail where waiting for him is an old, old wizened man with a warm smile hidden under a scraggly mustache. He's wearing a long peacoat, paperboy's cap. He's just British as fuck. <laughs> he kind of smiles and continues the ruse like, Ah, son, you can't keep stealing things. And then turn, takes him into a carriage and then just immediately flatlines. Wait, that makes it sound like he's dead. He's yeah. not dead. He, he just is, like, now cold. All of, like, the warm fatherness went away. And then he looks over. Do you know why you're here? He looks at the uh, little boy. You gonna kill me? No, no, no. I'm going to use you. We've been watching you for a very long time, and I've seen skills, abilities from you that I could use in my agency. And then they pull up to an old, like, what he would have thought was an abandoned building sitting directly across from Parliament. I provide a home to people like you. He explains, people with skills that lend themselves perfectly to deception and lies, thievery and manipulation. I provide homes to spies, masterminds, and sleuths here in this home. So then they walk inside, and this is where we get to meet everybody. There's the tech guy, the muscle master of disguise, uh, thief people. I don't know. And it's a, they're they're fucking superheroes. So he introduces them, gives them a brief introduction, and then two women come rushing in. This is like Oliver Twist. But, like, baby Avengers? My favorite part about this is making you guess. Because usually I'm a little bit too heavy-handed. This time I tried to stay real light with it, so you're not going to know until I reveal. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do want you to still try to guess. Uh, the okay. two women rush in, and he's like, what's wrong? Uh, another attack, one explains. The abomination's back. It found its way into Parliament. The other just runs to a table. That's the tech expert and begins to work on stuff. My cousin called me about it earlier today. The police are trying to sweep it under the rug, but she saw the body. It meets the M.O. of the beast. What are you talking about? Little blonde motherfucker asks. And so the old man's like, okay, meeting time. They rush towards the table with seven chairs at it, and each has a different initial. Each of the character we've met sit in at their appropriate seat. The kind of Hulk figure is at a chair labeled D. The femme fatale kind of character is at P. The tech expert is at S2. And then everyone's looking, and the, uh, the, our main guy goes, what happened to S1? Laughing. S1 and I don't see eye to eye. The old man responds, but he's worth too much to the agency to let go, so I keep him on a leash as tightly as I can, but he never shows up. Have a seat. And with that, he gestures next to him to the seat marked L. This one's been abandoned for quite a while. The old man seemed sad when he said that. So they recap the hero with what this abomination has done, what their agency does. They research paranormal events around London and take care of them, ensuring that the public not grow into a panic. The monster were was initially only kind of Jack the Rippering it, working in back alleys, taking out homeless people, but now it is going into the government. My, my downstairs neighbors hate when I start Jack the Rippering it late at night. <laughs> so they try to formulate a plan. When they hear a cry ring out, they rush across to find that it's coming from Parliament and rush in to find the familiar oozing trail of slime left behind the beast and the office of Agent P's contact, her cousin, broken into. Luckily, she was safe as she rushes up to her heroes, but then they find the beast heading towards the Chancellor's office. They rush towards it, but it ends up wrecking them in a battle where their numbers advantage no longer mattered. The beast grabs Agent P's cousin, is about to kill her, and then picks Every her time up. you say Agent P, you make me think of fucking Phineas and Ferb. Wouldn't it be great if I was like just that blatant? 
Oh, yeah, I thought about it while writing this, too. Uh, but is about to kill her, but instead puts her over his shoulder and rushes out the window. So that's our opener. That's our, oh, here's the problem, our character introduction. And now we get the kind of, how are we going to fix this? And more introduction to the characters. They work surveillance. The main hero tries to incorporate himself. They study the patterns in the movements of the beast. And the whole time they're sitting there thinking, why didn't the beast kill her? It just kidnapped her it just ran away it was about to stab her it was about to eviscerate her but it chose not to so one night the chancellor hires them to work as guards as he has to work drafting new laws or some shit you know chancellor stuff during the night uh agent p investigates the office of her cousin agent s2 is about to investigate a mysterious lab and the main boy hears the beast stirring and stomping and tries to take it on one-on-one but gets absolutely fucking wrecked and now, basically, the monster goes through, destroys all of this magnificent seven. And during the next scene, so the leader of the group is about to get wrecked when, from within the window, he gets swept up by an unknown force that manages to rescue them and rush them to the outside. He's like a bolt of lightning, quickly rushing through the house, saving all of them before drop kicking the abomination out of a window. It doesn't really hurt him, but it takes him out of the situation. That's right. It's Agent S1, motherfucker. He and S2 get into an argument about who the best S is. The leader just stares at him, furious that he had to be saved by him. And during the following scene, we obviously get the moment where the hero is kicked out because he's an immature little fuckface. He returns home to a small shack as the rest of the gang try to figure out what's going on. And then during an anxious night of studying, Agent P is looking through the articles of her cousin and she finds something. It is a copy of the bill that the Chancellor was working on. A bill that was going to give him full control over the government. He would have been able to override the Queen herself if he wished. The Chancellor would have had full power and he just needed one more vote to pass it through. The vote of Agent P's cousin. So not only does she find that, she finds a bribe. So obviously he's trying to bribe his way into power. Meanwhile, S2 is studying the chemicals she found in the lab back at Parliament and she realizes that it's made for genetic modification. She shows this to everybody by injecting a rat that turns into a hulking, like, reptilian beast in its cage. And so our heroes realize the Chancellor is the abomination. The Chancellor is the beast. He took her, he took out the cousin in order to, uh, you know, remove her. So that way it would tip the scales in his favor and he would get voted into power. Meanwhile, uh, main boy, blonde boy, gets kidnapped as he attempts to apologize to the Chancellor for some reason. And during that scene is when we realize, oh no, Chancellor's a bad dude. That's the heel turn scene. Right. Our heroes rush over and they find no more vials of the chemical. There's no opportunity to make an antidote. And in the corner of the room, they find Agent L, the original Agent L, tied to a chair with a massive needle in his arm. The heroes try to prevent him from turning, but it is no use. He hulks out, turns into this massive lizard monster, and assaults them all violently, leading to a brutalistic beatdown of these seven. The Chancellor laughs as he goes, I have a meeting to get to, goes downstairs, goes to Parliament to pass his bill into law. He is about to gain ultimate power as all of our heroes are destroyed upstairs, and it's not until that old man, our, our leader, looks up at Agent L, moments away from having his gut spilled onto the floor, and he apologizes. He says, I'm sorry, brother. And with a tear runs down, running down his cheek, the monster stares at him before standing up and jutting out of the room, rushing out. Meanwhile, in Parliament, 
Agent P's cousin finally rushes back in. She's alive! And she votes against the Chancellor's bill, causing it to not go through. He grows furious, screaming that she was supposed to be dead, she was supposed to be murdered. He snaps, pulls out a knife, threatens her, screaming that he is the government. He decides who lives and who dies, and then all of a sudden, the abomination swoops in and absolutely fucking wrecks him, ripping it apart. He turns to look at the, one, the woman, and then the abomination's face softens, and he returns to the form of Agent L, and the duo embrace and kiss. The rest of the crew show up and are a little bit confused, but relieved at the sight they see before them. In the oncoming weeks, the cousin of Agent P takes the spot of the Chancellor and makes the agency officially part of the government, albeit secretly. Agent L returns to his spot at the table, sitting beside his brother at the head. He can still turn into that massive lizard when he needs to, but it's like the Hulk, he can control it, while our main boy becomes L2. And before I reveal this final line, would you like to guess what this is about? Ugh, I'm, I'm upset. You you did a good you did a good this time. <laughs> Cause nor- normally I I at least got at least some. I don't fucking know. Like in the beginning, I was like, is this like some kind of fucking super spy Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs shit? Oh, that would have been good. No, yeah. that's not what I did. I got nothing. Well, okay, I will say this. Um, I'm not the first person to assemble this team together. This has happened quite a few times, and you'll realize when it's happened as I read the final line of the story, which is, The world rests easy against the threat of the paranormal thanks to the efforts of Agent M's agency. Thanks to the spies, masterminds, and sleuths house, or, as they're more colloquially known, Smash. It's Smash Bros. <laughs> so, the monster was Bowser. Agent L was Luigi, who was getting turned into Bowser. The reason why he didn't kill Agent P's cousin, I, a.k.a. I, I quit this podcast. <laughs> the reason why he didn't kill Agent P's cousin, a.k.a. Daisy, is because he loves Daisy. So he refuses to kill her. The Chancellor is um, fucking Ganondorf, so his name's Chancellor Dragmire, which is Ganondorf's real name. Uh, then in the house, we have Agent M, Mario, Agent K, Kirby, the Master of Disguise, Agent D, which I couldn't extend to DK, because I knew you would get that, Donkey Kong. Yep. Agent, The original Agent L, Luigi, the new Agent L, who we've been joining through this whole time, is none other than Link. Agent P is Peach. With her cousin Daisy up in Parliament, uh, I never brought this person up, but I thought they would be fun to include. And it's Agent N, who is Ness, and they just have like a weird—he's gonna be like a, a a Jughead and Riverdale kind of emo, but also he's telekinetic. Agent S two is Samus, who is a tech expert, and then Agent S, the daring hero who swooped in at the last minute, quickly gathering up all of our heroes. Like a blue flash of lightning. Oh, he knew in that so moment, he, he gotta go fast. He gotta go fast. Is Sonic. And so, I would just like <laughs> to take this opportunity to say that it's been a wonderful nine episodes. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish you the best of luck finding your next co-host. 
No, you just don't <laughs> act like you didn't love it. I don't know. I, I, I actually, this is, it's, it's, oh, fuck. I don't know, dude. This was another one of those that I just wrote in like a fucking fever dream while high on energy drink. I was like, what if they're all in 18th century England? No, um, actually, they like the idea of little little Victorian smash bros fucking up parliament and shit. Yeah. It's actually a really good mental image. I'm just angry you pulled one over on me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna lie, when uh Hyde showed up in fucking the movie we're talking about, whose name I've already purged from my memory. When he showed up I went, Fuck it's Donkey Kong. They took my idea. <laughs> Fucking Alan Moore stole my fucking idea. 20 years ago, you piece of shit. Well, we've done it. We've we've made it better. Both of us have found a way to make League of Extraordinary Gentlemen better, which is not hard, I gotta say. But next week, um, it's next week's gonna be weird. Because we are gonna be recording during the election. Mmm. So we may be very happy or we may be very sad when we record, but given the fact that we will be recording during the election, obviously this won't come out during the election, I thought it only appropriate to talk about my favorite American president and the musical that he inspired, Alexander oh Hamilton. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the big, big, cool president, Alexander Hamilton. That neat president we had. That neat, cool president, Alexander Hamilton. He's got fun. Na- he's got a fun nasally voice, and he rhymes a lot. Alexander Hamilton. You know that man from history. <laughs> he said those rhymes real good. That's what it says on his tombstone, Alexander Hamilton. Here he lay. He did some good rhymes once. Oh fuck! Well, until then, Megan, where could people find you on the internet? You can find me at totalinglash.com. No! Well, Africa will never let me die. <laughs> I bless the rich down in Africa. <laughs> I do a podcast called Ono Lit Clash, which is all about classic literature, <laughs> where you can hear all about the characters in this film, except in the actual books that they come <laughs> from and not this <laughs> trash movie. <laughs> books. <laughs> it's a podcast about books. <laughs> B-O-O-K-S-C-H, books. Books. And it's called Ono Lit Clash. You can listen to it at onolitclash.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me at imdb.com backslash slash Sean underscore Gunnery. Or on Twitter. That's Meg underscore danger. Um, you can find me on Twitter, I guess. If you had a chance to follow me on Twitter, would you? At Scotty Moe, S-C-O-T-T-Y-M-O. Follow all the other BS network broadcasts online at a lot of purebs.com. And remember to support the show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash a load of BS gets you access to exclusive content. Like probably all the bullshit Meg has had to cut out of this show. 
<laughs> and you can get it. And also, you can join our just Discord where we watch bad movies live. We hang out. We chat. I watch wrestling. We should watch bad movies on Discord. That should be our shit. That should be our enticing thing. It's just that should actually that probably would do it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch bad movies with me and Meg, donate at patreoncom slash load of BS. Don't you want more of this? <laughs> I was waiting for, like your best day. <laughs> like your best day for the music at the beginning and end of this podcast. If you enjoy it, you can listen to more things like it by going to soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or checking out this music on Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music or whatever the fuck by searching <laughs> best day. Uh, and of course, we got we got shirt we got shirt merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com if you want to check that out. And please tell people to listen to our show, please. Please tell people. Don't you want to hear this? It's good. It's good Don't shit. Don't you want me, baby? Don't, Don't you, you want, want me? me? Oh! <laughs> what just happened? <laughs>